Hey, we want to welcome you if you're joining us online today. We pray that this message would bless you, that it would speak to you. And if you're ever in our area, please come and check us out. We'd love you to join one of our services. Church, why don't we put our hands together for those that are, that are joining us online. Come on. We're excited to have you. All right. Victory at times is achieved through surrender. Jesus gave up his life. He laid it down. He surrendered it to gain victory, to overcome, to defeat the powers of darkness. That's worth an amen right there. See, there are times in life that breakthrough, that victory, that even the promises of God are only obtained through surrender. It's not a popular message in the world. But it's a powerful principle of the kingdom of God. In uh, Mark 8.34, Jesus says, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For, who, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. John 12, 24, Jesus says this. He says, truly, truly, like pay attention, guys. I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears some fruit. It actually doesn't say that. It says it bears much fruit. See, a surrendered life, a life laid down will bear much fruit fruit. Unless we die to ourselves, unless we die to our egos, unless we die to our flesh, we will fail to bear the fruit God created us to bring into being. We will fail to experience the fullness of, of the life that Jesus purchased for us to live. We can get so caught up with the things of this world. We just, we just get caught up in all the stuff going on in this world. And to be honest, kingdom of God doesn't get a look in. Doesn't get a chance. Doesn't get an opportunity. We're so tied up in everything going on in the world. Matthew 6, 33 says, but seek first. First in the Greek is first. It's like the beginning. Seek first. His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. What things? Jesus was talking about all your needs, your clothing, your, clo your clothing, your food, your shelter. He says, don't worry about what your needs are. If you seek first the kingdom, if you put me first, I'll take care of everything else. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Some of us are spending a lot of time storing up some stuff that ain't going to meet Jack when you are. Uh... Jack's a nice guy. John 10.10, 10, this is what Jesus says. I came, I came, get this. I came that they may have life and have it in abundance. Not mediocre, not a little life, but an abundant life. A life beyond what you could ever dream or imagine. See, if I could tell you this, I don't know, I will tell you this. If we could be about the Father's business and everything that we were doing, it would do us well. Don't worry about going to the doctor. Just be about Jesus' business and you will be well because He will take care of you. You will not underline, you will not 
Discover the fullness of the life God has for you until you surrender your life. I'm not talking about a salvation prayer. Yes, it starts with a salvation prayer, but I'm talking about a lifestyle that's surrendered to the plans and purposes of God. It's not about your agenda. It's about His agenda. If you would work at, walk that out day after day, surrender to Him, listening to the Holy Spirit, you will see God do amazing things. The more of your life that you surrender to Him, the more fruit He will produce in your life. The more of your life you surrender to Him, the fuller your experience of life will become. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, friends, it remains alone. It achieves nothing. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. See, a, a, a surrendered life advances the kingdom of God. A surrendered life advances the kingdom of God. You're very quiet in here today. When we look at the history of the Bible, it flows all through the Bible. You look at Noah. So Noah's there and God says to Noah, hey, Noah, it's going to rain. He doesn't say get an umbrella. He says, build an ark, build a boat. Like, like it's never rained before. Rain's never existed. And Noah's got this plan from God to go and build this whopping great boat. Like what would have everyone thought? Like who is this guy? He's a lunatic. Like what are you building? It's not even a house. Like, like what are you doing? But you see, Noah was focused on God's plan, not public opinion. Some of you are too worried about what everybody else is thinking and saying, and you can't hear God for all the noise around you. Noah wasn't interested in doing what everybody else was doing. Noah was interested in hearing what plan God had for him to do. Abraham. I love Abraham. I love this one. So Abraham's there, and God speaks to him. And says, okay, it's time to go pack up the kids, pack everything up. You're heading off. You're going. And so Abraham's like, okay, where am I going? Well, I'll tell you when you get there. Like like for a guy, for, for a leader of the house. I mean, imagine that. Honey, honey, great news I've heard from God. You know, he, he's taking us out. He's heading out. And Marie would be like, because she's a detail person. She's like, where are we going? I've got a clue. I, I, I don't know. But you see, Abraham was willing to lay down. He was willing to surrender everything he had. He was willing to, to lay down his control. He was willing to lay down his security. He was willing to lay down his need to know, to step out into the unknown. And he became a father of nations. Moses. Moses, he's out in the desert. You know, he's got all his, his sheep and his goats and all that. He's out there. And this bush bursts into flame. You know, it erupts in flame. And it starts talking to him. I mean, that'll freak you out as it is, you know. Like, but once he gets over the shock, he, he hears the voice of the Lord. And the, and, and the Lord says, Moses, I want you to save my people. I want you to set my people. What does Moses say? He's like, God, wrong guy. You know, you got the wrong guy. It's, it's not me. I, I, I don't know how to speak. I, I, I haven't got anything that you could use. 
doubts his ability, doubts he could do anything. Yet as he surrenders his doubts and his fears, God uses him to advance the purposes for God's people. There's some of you in here today, you're caught up too much in your doubts and your fears. And you'll never step into the promises of God until you put those things aside, until you sacrifice those things and begin to step out in faith. Jesus, you know, let's not forget the disciples. Jesus calls the disciples, okay, guys, follow me, follow me. It's going to be good. Come on, follow me. They give up everything. Like not just their jobs, but it's like they give up their way of life. They give up the systems that they've been secure with. They've given up their old life that, that met their needs and fed them and all the rest of it. And they follow Jesus. And Jesus begins to teach them about the principles of the kingdom of God. See, it's clear from the biblical account, if you are willing to surrender your life, I'm not talking salvation prayer. I'm talking a continual surrendered life to God. If you're willing to sacrifice your comfortableness, if you're willing to lay down your need to be secure, lay down your agenda, your retirement plan for you older folk, your control, lay down your uncertainty, lay down all your, oh, what if, but what, what? If you're willing to lay that down, God will use you to advance the kingdom of God. If you're willing to surrender your life, God will use you to establish his kingdom, his purposes, and his plans across the face of the earth. When you die to self, when you die to your ego, when you fully surrender your life to be used by God, you step into the destiny that's yours in Christ. Paul in Romans says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I've been reading a book this week uh, by a guy by the name of Peter Pretorius. It's kind of like a, a biography. He was a, a tobacco farmer in South Africa and he didn't know the Lord, you know, it was sort of midlife and all the rest of it. But, but God revealed himself to this guy. And, and so he, he discovered like, oh, okay, I must be a Christian. Now I better go and do the church thing. I better start going to church. So what he, so what he did, because he knew nothing of God. He, he didn't really, he had a Bible and he began reading it. So he went to church on a Sunday morning and he listened to the, the sermon. He listened to the preaching, you know, like awesome stuff like this, you know. And he's, he took lots of notes. Notes are good. He took lots of notes. He wrote all these notes down. And then what he did is he went back to the farm in the afternoon and he gathered all his workers around and he preached. He, he read the message to all these workers in the farm. And, 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 and like he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't have a clue. He was just reading it. And all of a sudden, people started getting saved. And, 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 and so he was reading the Bible with his wife one night and he says, honey, it says in here that if you lay hands on the sick, they'll be healed. And she's like, no. So she's like, she's like oh, that can't be. I can't mean us. He goes, no, that says if you believe. He's like, we believe. She's like, yeah, we believe. He's like, oh, I'm going to do it tomorrow. So he, so he gets his church service at the end of the, end of the afternoon, and, and he begins laying hands on people. 
And guess what? People started getting healed. And he's like, I, I'm just doing what the book says. I'm, I'm just doing what the, what the book says. He had a vision when he was, you know, like early in his Christian walk. And the Lord said to him, there'll come a day when you'll preach and you'll see 100,000 people come to the Lord in one day. 13 years later, he was standing in the middle of a paddock. As far as the eye could see, people were there. And he preached the gospel and 100,000 people gave their life to Jesus on that day. His ministry... His ministry feeds 1.2 million starving children every day across four countries. His whole biography is making the point of, I don't know anything. I'm just like you. I'm not special. There's a, there's a bit in the book where he's in the midst of all this stuff, and, and they're sitting there, and, and, and he says, God, like, why are we here? Why are you using us like this? He said, God spoke to him and said, I'm using you because you're willing to go. Because you're willing to go. What could God do with your life? Seriously, what could he do with your life if you were willing to go? Willing to get a little uncomfortable. Willing to lay down some stuff. See, the kingdom of God is within you. Luke 4, 17, I love this. Jesus is in the, in the temple. He's doing church. And they they, they uh, hand him the scroll. And he, he opens it at Isaiah 61. And he says, stands up. Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's why Jesus came. That's why you're here. His mission is your mission. His mission is our mission. Jesus stands up and he preaches this. Then shortly thereafter, he starts gathering all his disciples. Come on, follow me, follow me, follow me. And they all start following him. And so he begins to teach them about the ways of the kingdom of God. And then he says to them, okay, I've taught you. Now get out and do it. Go and do it. So they go out and they start laying hands on people and they're getting healed and, and they're casting out demons and all this stuff. And they come running back to Jesus, like all excited going, it works. Like, we, like when we pray in your name, stuff actually happens. And Jesus says, you think that's good? Watch this. He's like, I'm going to upsize it. I'm going to supercharge it. He says, I'm going now, but it's going to get way, way better because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, everything's going to change. And we know on the day of Pentecost, tongues of fire came and came on the disciples. The Holy Spirit came and filled Peter with such an unction that he preached and thousands of people came to the Lord on that day. Friend, that same Holy Spirit that came into the disciples is the same Holy Spirit that came into your life when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You didn't get a watered-down version. You didn't get a, a little baby Holy Spirit. You got the fullness of God. You got the power of God residing in you. The kingdom of God resides in you. I love how quiet you are. Oh, 
See, you got the Holy Spirit for a reason. You got him so that you can walk in the fullness of the kingdom of God. Empowered by the very same spirit that empowered Jesus. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that resides in you and me. Turn to the person next to you. You just tell them, you got the kingdom of God in you. You just need to let it out. See, sacrifice releases the kingdom of God. Sacrifice releases the presence and the power of the kingdom of God. This may be news for you, but our role on earth isn't to get saved and get to heaven. Sorry. And a lot of people have accepted it like that. I'll just get my bus ticket. I'll just get my security in heaven. Heaven's coming to earth, folks. Heaven's coming onto this earth through you, through the Holy Spirit. Our job isn't to lay down our life or surrender our life to get to heaven. Our job is to lay down our life to be used by the King of kings and the Lord of the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit and work in your life so that we would see lost generations saved. See, it's not a popular message. People, people don't want to hear about laying down there. Oh, I don't want to hear about it's going to cost me something. I don't, I don't want to hear about there's going to be a sacrifice. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he says, for the message of the cross, the message of surrendering, the message of, of sacrifice is foolish to those who are perishing, but to who us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The sacrifice, the laying down of a life is the power of God. Gets worse, gets worse. See, the challenge for us today, to be honest, is we're just too comfortable. We're comfortable. I'm happy with my comfy little life. You know, I've got bridge on Wednesday, line dancing on Thursday. I don't, not me, I don't line dance. We pray a prayer. We ask Jesus to come into our life. Lord, you know, Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior. I'll follow you. Really? Is he Lord of your life today? Is, is he the one you're listening to, being obedient to, and being led by? Is he really Lord? Or is it just lip service? Oh, that's harsh. See, the key to walking in the fullness of the kingdom, the fullness of its power and all God has for you, isn't found in some teaching or some course or some anointed prayer. If you're a follower of Jesus, you already have everything you need, friend. You don't need to gain something. You don't need to add something. You don't need to discover something. You need to lose something. You need to lose your life. You need to lose your pride. You need to lose your fear. You need to lose your need for being in control and having it all worked out. That's the only thing that's stopping you seeing the kingdom of God come into being. See, the reality for many of us, Jesus isn't first. I'm just being honest. For many of us, Jesus is not first in our life. It's not a criticism. I'm not criticizing you. I'm as guilty as well. It's simply a reality of the world and the culture 
we live in, which continually bombards us with stuff, stuff to keep us busy and stuff to keep us comfortable. See, while you're comfortable or busy, the enemy is content. Because you either have no need for God or you have no time for God. It gets worse. Revelation 3.14 says, The angel of the church comes to the church of Laodicea and says, I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Verse 19, the angel goes on and it says this. He says, this, uh, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. God loves you so much. I love you so much. I'm not prepared to not preach this message and let you sit there lukewarm thinking everything's okay. I preach this in love. I'm as guilty as everybody else, but God's wanting to wake up his church, people. Ephesians 5.14 says this, Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. It's not too late to wake up, friends. Could some of us be asleep? Have we, like, gradually just been lured into the sense of being comfortable and content or just become too busy for God? Maybe today God's speaking to you because he loves you, because he has more for you. There is a, a life of abundance that awaits those that are willing to surrender their lives. Wake up, sleeper. Christ will shine upon you. Maybe the worship team can come. See, God seeks those that would lay down their lives. I believe that we are on the verge of a massive harvest. I believe God is stirring people and churches and nations across the face of the planet to prepare them for a harvest like we've never seen before. For those willing to sacrifice their lives for His purposes, He'll use in ways that are beyond your wildest expectations. See, sacrifice isn't a popular topic. We don't want to talk about the cost and the sacrifice. But you need to understand that it's the sacrifice that attracts the fire of God. It's the sacrifice that brings the fire of God. Sacrifice is answered by fire. In 1 Kings 18.38, we've got Elijah and the prophets of Baal, and, and Elijah's building this big, this big altar for this sacrifice. And it says, Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. See, friends, a sacrifice will attract fire from heaven. 
First Chronicles 21, 26, it says, David built an altar to the Lord there and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. He called on the Lord and the Lord answered him with fire from heaven on the altar of burnt offerings. 2 Chronicles 7, 1 says, When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of God filled the temple. See, the fire comes and releases the glory of God. The fire comes when there's a sacrifice and releases the kingdom of God. Even Jesus When He gave up His life, when He was nailed to that cross, what happened after that? Tongues of fire fell from heaven. The Holy Spirit came on those that would follow Jesus and anointed them to advance the kingdom of God. Matthew 3.11, John the Baptist said that Jesus will baptise us with the Holy Spirit and fire. And I want to go into all that, but just to say this. There are many believers who have received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You speak in tongues, and but you haven't experienced the power. You haven't experienced the outflowing of the kingdom of God. You have... You have power on the inside. You have kingdom of God on the inside. You have dunamis on the inside of you. But it's not getting out. And friend, it won't get out until you're ready to sacrifice your life. Because when you sacrifice your life, it attracts the fire of heaven to come and ignite that which is in you and it begins to go out and advance the kingdom of God. You won't experience the kingdom of God. You won't see signs, miracles, and wonders until you sacrifice your comfortableness. You're, you're, I've got it. I'm okay. Jesus didn't die for us to be okay. I'm passionate. Sacrifice attracts the fire of God and releases the power of the kingdom. See, a surrendered life, a life laid down, unlocks the door to step into the fullness of what God created you for. It unlocks what you were created for. First uh, Corinthians 2.9 says, No eye has seen, no ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those that love Him. See, as you lay down your agenda, Surrender your life to God daily, you will begin to discover and experience the things of God, what He has for you that you couldn't possibly imagine. What nation could He take you to? What people group could He take you to? What lives could be set free? If you allow Him to use you, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. It has no impact. It has no effect. But if it dies, 
If it lays down its life, sacrifices itself, it bears much fruit. When I was preparing this message this week, I, I kind of just got this vision, this just picture jumped into my head of uh, like the prodigal son, you know, the parable of the prodigal son. The son's lost and he's out in the, in the wilderness and he, he decides to come home. And there's a part in there which says the father is standing and looking and he sees the son way off in the distance, way off in the distance. And the Scripture says that the, the father girded up his loins, his cloth, and he ran, he ran to the son. And as I was looking at that, as I got that picture, I felt the Lord saying, there are hundreds and thousands of sons and daughters that are coming home, that I'm calling home. But what I'm missing is those that are willing to get up and run, get up and run and meet them. Get up and run and meet them. Get over your comfortableness. Get over your fears. Get over your worries. You were created for a time such as this. I told you you were going to get it. <laughs> what are we going to do? In a moment, I'm going to open up the altar. Because there's people sitting here and God's speaking to you. You've either become comfortable, lukewarm, or you've become too busy for God and God's calling you. God's calling an end time army that are willing to lay down their lives to see a mass revival and a mass of sons and daughters coming home. God won't force you to do anything. The decision is entirely yours. You either want to be involved in what He's doing or you don't. There's others of you, you're sitting here, you, your heart's beating because you know you're part of this. You know God's calling you. You know you're, you're, you're here for greater things. You can come too. Because this is what's going to happen. As you come, you're making a sacrifice. You're coming with the understanding that you're laying down all your agendas and all your stuff to be used by God. And that sacrifice will attract the fire of God at this altar today. And I'm going to come and I'm going to lay hands on people and I'm going to pray for people. And God will touch your life. I was in conference, I don't know how many months ago, the New Life Conference, something happened to me. I had an encounter with God. I, I was standing there and I was just so frustrated with everything. I was just so busy going through all the stuff and doing all the stuff. And I said to God, I was like, God, I've had enough. I've had enough. I'm over all the junk. Like, are we getting serious or aren't we? I've had enough. And He said to me, well, it's about time, Neil, because I've been waiting for you to get to that point. Because it's only when you're willing to lay everything down that I can use you for my plans and my purposes and bring in a revival like you've never seen before. Friend, I'm no different to you. I'm not special. I don't even like doing what I'm doing. But I'm called by God and I'm just being obedient to God. And I tell you today, if you'd get up and out of your seat, let's just stand. If you would get up and out of your seat today and you say, yeah, God, I'm willing. I'm willing to go. Then I want to invite you to just come up the front and I'm going to begin to pray, pray for people. You know you've either got warm or you're too busy for God. But today God will change that. 
Today, God will change that in your life.